A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a new thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the new thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is new thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and I'm here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and we're going to talk. And you said this week you want to talk about healing and medicine. Yes, I do. It's a biggie for me, and I think it's a biggie for a lot of people. It's definitely a topic. So, and the idea of healing and medicine is that medicine can be used for healing, and then prayer can be used for healing, and there's some overlap or divergence somewhere in there, and we get to figure out where. Yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly what I want to talk about. I grew up and and healing and things like that were a part of traditional teaching, but not acceptable necessarily, but it was kind of out there, you know, back there. Like I would go south to visit my father's people and there was a lot of healers there and different kinds of alternative situations. But people, that was a no-no. You're not supposed to do that. Because when you come to church, you do something different. You pray for healing, but you just kind of... Anyway, this is not a slap to anything. It's what I believe and how I have really come to terms with it and how I'm learning more and more. So I ran into Ernest Holmes one day Mm -hmm. and read everything that he talked about healing. I really, really do believe, it's more than believe, I mean it is, I just believe it, it is. And in my own situation, I've experienced it, but I didn't know what I was doing until now I look back and I can see that is in alignment with everything that is new thought in terms of healing. And I said, oh, okay, well, that's what I thought all along. But it's not something that seems widely accepted. You know, people look at it like, oh, that's wooey. And I think the faith, (laughs) (laughs) I think the faith healers got a bad rap. I'm going to say in the 60s and the 70s, around that time, they got a bad rap. I don't want to call any names because that would be not nice. But I think that they were right on. They were right spot on with it, but they didn't give the whole information. You know, you can't always do that. It's real, but it's more than just something you say. It's about believing and it goes all in. Okay. And then the other part of this, and I'm trying to get it all in so that you can, because I know what you're doing. Like you're just putting it all in your head and you're going to come in like, wow, the whole thing. So the other part. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Okay. So the other part of it is medicine. So when you talk about healing, faith healing, mental healing, that kind of thing, people think they're supposed to throw their medicine away. And that's not true. I don't see that, you know, because I think that the medical profession is a gift. And there's a lot of things Mm -hmm. that come along with that gift. There's a lot of crap that comes along with it too. But I think in our meditation and so forth, we know how to separate the crap from what's real. 
I believe. So anyway, that's it. I want to talk about that. I want you to talk about it. So go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And of course, it's a rather broad topic, shall we say. So let's take it a piece at a time. Ernest Holmes. We'll go back to Ernest Holmes, who wrote the Science of Mind textbook. And he said, there is nothing to be healed, but truth to be revealed. Or healing is the revealing of the truth. And that's wonderful. But what about for somebody who's got an open wound? (laughs) What does that mean, truth to be revealed? And what Holmes is talking about, big picture, is that there is one. Everything is God's love unfolding in its own way. And when we are experiencing discord or illness or injury or limitation or lack, it is because we are not in the awareness and the experience of that oneness. We have allowed a sense of separation to come along, and that separation is what's keeping us from our experience of vitality or health or wellness or prosperity or whatever else is is that we're looking for. And that's not to negate the fact that we are having a human experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience, and human bodies age, and human bodies are injured. And I mean, one of the things that you've noticed, if you cut your finger and you get a boo-boo, then the boo-boo is going to heal. And the healing isn't something that you have to make happen. The healing is something that your body is going to do because that's what it was made to do. Your body is going to have that tendency towards returning itself to that place of homeostasis, of health and vitality, of normalcy. And along the way, there might be a scar. There might be some lingering disability or challenge or difficulty. You know, somebody who breaks a bone and it doesn't set properly, they're going to wind up with a different shape to their appendage than used to be, even though the healing has happened. So healing is the revealing of the truth. And when we get into the metaphysics of that, the truth is that we are already perfect, whole, and complete. We are divine expressions of God's love, and that love is unfolding in a way that's unique for each of us. And there are experiences that people have as they go through their lives and go through the aging process of having certain pieces not work the same way that they used to work when they were younger, or having things that are no longer active. A friend of mine used to have a gallbladder. And he used to have gallstones. Now he has neither. And that was a result of a surgical intervention, which takes us into medicine. And the healing is he is perfect, whole, and complete, even though he doesn't have the gallbladder anymore. Because there was a change that happened to him that allowed him to return to that experience of comfort and balance and wholeness and health and harmony that's his birthright, and to do so without a gallbladder. So healing is the revealing of the truth as we return to that experience of balance and normalcy. You want me to keep on talking for a while, or do you have a question first? No, keep talking. I have a question, maybe, but keep talking. Okay, so we'll change the subject a little bit to medicine. And one of the other things that Ernest Holmes said is that God is in the prayer and God is in the pill. And in New Thought, we do not turn away from whatever the modalities are that are available. We use them, we embrace them, because that's all part of that divine creative power. You know, God invented prayer because it's part of that creative process. And God invented massage therapy and God invented yoga and God invented surgery and God invented pharma and all of it serves its own purpose. And it's when we think that one supersedes the other, or if I do this one, I don't need that one. Or if we use one to undermine another, that we wind up getting into a problem. 
So my friend Joanna studied Ayurveda, and she's also a registered nurse, and she worked for pharma for a while. And her whole process is from pharma to dharma. And it's about getting into that experience of being healthy without needing the medication. And the big rant that she goes off on is, you see, you know, on TV, there's the antacid commercial where the guy is eating the pepperoni pizza and it's like, oh, that really got to me. Better reach for the antacid. And her response is, better not reach for the pizza. <laughs> because when we look at medicine as a way to correct a problem that we're causing ourselves, we're part of the problem. So the healing is not necessarily the reduction in stomach acid from some medication. And it's not even being able to do a prayer. Oh God, I want to be able to eat this rich, spicy food that never agrees with me and doesn't serve me well and feel comfortable. It's like the answer to that is going to be, you're nuts. <laughs> James <laughs> Allen in As a Man Thinketh, he talks about that, you know, gluttony and how people won't change their habits but want to pay for mm -hmm. medication so they can continue. So I'm right there with, who is that you said has that pharma to dharma? Oh, that's Dr. Joanna Carmichael, the Kalyana Consultancy. I'm right there with her because, and you know, New Thought is helping me put this in perspective because I probably was leaning too much in another direction. I never liked medication. I just didn't like it. And Mm -hmm. When you're young, you can say that kind of thing because nothing's happening to you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you get a little older and stuff starts happening and creeping up, I would think, okay, wait a minute, I don't do this medication thing. And I'm looking at other people that are on like tons and tons of medication and they're at the doctors every week, this doctor, that doctor. And I'm thinking, this is, I am not going this way. Now, and then I would hear, and I call them the old aunts, they'd say you trade one disease for another. So you take the medication to relieve one disease, but then you have this whole list of side effects and whatever else if you take the medicine. So when I had mm -hmm. to take medicine, when I felt forced to, I'd weigh the bound, weigh it out. Would I rather go with whatever this not feeling good is and take a chance on all these side effects? And most of the time I chose to throw the medicine away. But then again, let me say this, you're young and maybe not so young, and that's okay for a while. Here's what I'm getting at. I don't have a problem with medication. What I have a problem is with is over-medication. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, I don't want you to talk about it because I already know what I believe, so I'm gonna see if you change. <laughs> <laughs> So you're testing your belief yeah, on me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. We are created, you know, perfectly. Like, we create. And I think that if we are one with God or, you know, then we have to be in alignment and open ourselves to the healing that's there already or the process of healing that is trying to take place without the intervention of a lot of stuff. In other words, I'm saying, give your body a chance. But this is not the time in history where we give our bodies a chance. It's like medication, 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 fix, fix, fix. And the next thing you know, people are hooked on medication, blah, blah, blah. So where's all this come from? Okay, so I knew what I thought. And then something that always happens, it's a good thing. Sometimes you get backed against the wall 
and you're faced with your own beliefs. Now what you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> and let me make a disclaimer. Don't do what I did, okay? Don't do this. I'm just saying this is where my head is. So this is Carol's cautionary yes. tale. So, you know, I had a little thing going on and medication and I read and I read and they said, this is the medication that goes with it and this, this, this. And it was so much stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, I have to take this. And I'm asking my relatives, is this in the family anywhere? And it just was ridiculous. I was getting nowhere. Nobody had this problem except for me. And they're talking about heredity. Okay. I just got to a place one day. I got so tired of it. Skin was dry. Da, 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 da. I, I said, you know, God, I don't get it. Like, I don't get this. And this was before New Thought, way before New Thought. And I said, I don't get this. But I tell you what, I don't think all this is right. So I'm not taking this medication anymore. I'm cutting it off cold turkey. And if you got something else to say about it, I'm listening. But this stuff is gone. I'm giving you a shot. That's how I did it. Well, that was my mindset. And all is well. Now, I'm not saying that you should throw away your medicine. Okay. At all. Okay. I want to say it again. I'm not saying throw away your medicine or ignore the doctor's, you know, advice. But I'm saying give God a chance. It isn't that what homeostasis is. I mean, give your body a chance to be where it was designed to be. And let me say this. <laughs> You're laughing at me. Okay, but let me say this. No, I'm laughing at my own story about this. I think that our bodies were designed to fix anything that goes wrong. Because if it wasn't, then we're not perfectly created. I think we're supposed to be able to fix everything. But there's stuff in the atmosphere, there's stuff in the water, there's stuff everywhere that just probably just overwhelms our ability to heal. Immune systems go crazy because of stuff that happens and maybe even little stuff we've done. I get it. But if we are so quick to medicate, I think it impedes our body from healing the natural way. Am I making any sense with that? There is definitely something to be said for that. And somebody reminded me, I think it was yesterday, of an Ernest Holmes quote where he said that prayer will heal as long as our beliefs change before our body is destroyed. And there's a timeline in there. And there's also a timeline involved in the human life. You know, there are some people who live to be 100, but there's nobody who lives to be 200. So when that newborn baby comes along, I got news for you. Sometime within the next 200 years, there's a death event heading their way. And by its nature, death is not a health experience. It is the natural order of the body as it evolves and goes through and does what it's going to do a step along the way and a step along the way. One of my pithy quotes is that perfect health is simply the slowest rate at which we can die of old age. And that's okay. So the healing that is the revealing of the truth is about being in that balance point. There is value in the prayer. There's value in the pill. There are things that we can do when we are guided to do them. And yeah, don't take every medication in the world just because it's going to solve a problem that you could solve otherwise. And be open to the possibility that the medication can be helpful. I've actually got a story about me and prayer and healing, and I'm going to tell that right after we take a quick break. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call. 
with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today, and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and we're going to continue. We're talking about healing and medicine, and I was going to tell you a story, and the story is about I had an issue some number of years ago with my complexion. My face started breaking out, and so big red marks, mostly on my forehead, and they didn't particularly hurt, but they were really unsightly, and so I did prayer about those resolving. And they would come and go a little bit, but it was really pronounced and it was completely obvious. And at the time I was seeing a homeopath. And so I saw the homeopath and he did all of his intake stuff and figured out what's gonna happen and take a little tiny micro dose of this, that, or the other thing. And I did that and continued to do the prayer and nothing happened. And I was also seeing an Ayurvedic healer and she did Arma Point and suggested some supplements. And I continued to have the things in my complexion. And then I went and saw my dermatologist who's really good. He says, yeah, take this. And he gave me a really expensive antibiotic and he just gave me the samples. He says, by the time you're done with the samples, it'll be gone. And he was right. And it's still gone. <laughs> so... This was a circumstance where what my body needed was a little oomph, a little boost to get to the point where it could get that infection that had just been getting under my skin, so to speak, for as long as it had. And my body had the opportunity to let that clear out. And once it did, it didn't come back. And I think that was cleared up in like 2018, probably. And so that's an example where medical science can be very helpful. And I could continue taking the antibiotics, even though I don't have the issue anymore. But I don't want to do that either. I want to be able to use that in a way that's going to be helpful. One of the kids in my team group, when he was younger, he had ADHD. And he would go to school and he'd come home and he couldn't do his homework. He couldn't focus and he didn't know what was going on. And his parents for years didn't want to put him on meds. First of all, they didn't want to claim my kid has ADHD. And they also were concerned that once they started with the medication, they wouldn't be able to stop. We had a conversation. And when I took it to prayer, what I got was, this is just what always happens for him. He goes to school, he comes home, he can't focus, he goes through the process and he struggles. So with him, what's likely to happen is if you give him the medication, then he'll be freed from that cycle and he'll be able to see and feel what it's like to not be locked into that. And so they put him on the meds and some number of months later they took him off the meds and he's been fine ever since. And that's another example of how we can use medicine in conjunction with our spiritual work 
to allow that good to happen. Exactly. That's the point that I'm trying to get to. And thank you for that. It's not throwing the medication out or denying that there's any value in the medication, but bringing spirituality into it, bringing God into the mix so that I think you could get a fuller perspective. And you were spot on when you were talking about how you feel, giving yourself a chance to feel something else and understand that things can be another way. So, you know, that goes with habits also. I don't want to stay with health. I don't want to go off. But it also goes with habits, with the way we're doing things. You know, you end up in the same place all the time. So, yeah, I appreciate what you said about that. Yeah, You know what's something that you never see a church or a spiritual center? What's that? A helicopter pad in a trauma center. (laughs) (laughs) Because Western medicine is really good at that. If somebody has a broken bone, if somebody has arterial bleeding, if somebody has crushed organs, what you want to do is get them into Western medicine to the best possible trauma center you can find because they're really good at dealing with that acute stuff. They're really good at dealing with the emergency that's right in front of them and being that transformative power to go from this is a life that's about to end to this is a life that's got some longevity in it. Doesn't mean you can't do the prayer along the way. But as we teach our practitioner students, when you're faced with somebody who's bleeding from their artery, apply the tourniquet first, then do the prayer. If you really have presence of mind, you can put the tourniquet on while you're doing the prayer. But don't do the prayer first while they're bleeding. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I get that. I'm in conversation always, it seems often, about healing. And I used to try to avoid it, but I don't anymore because it's just a conversation that comes my way. I hear what Ernest Holmes is saying, that the healing will happen, but the belief has to be there and get about the believing before the disease messes you up completely. So that's why I kind of put emphasis on the believing part, you know, believing that this can happen and it's supposed to happen. Now, I'm not talking about if your arm is falling off, you know, <laughs> that's, a whole, different, that's yeah. a whole different thing. But otherwise, I believe in divine intervention. And maybe because I believe it so strongly that I just can't imagine it not happening, but I do, you know? And I think, again, you know, medication is good and it serves its purpose in it, but at least give spirit a chance because maybe you only need half as much as they're prescribing. Maybe you don't need the whole thing. Right. Or you only need it for For a little little while. while. Yeah. 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 If somebody believes that prayer can't possibly heal them and that the only thing that's going to heal them or cure them or fix them is medicine then they're right. Because the universe only got one answer. The universe says Mm. yes. And if I say the medicine is required in order for me to be okay, the universe says yes. And man, if I run out of medicine, there's gonna be problems. Whereas on the other hand, if I say I'm perfectly healthy, I'm whole and complete, and on my way returning to that perfect experience of health and vitality, wholeness and comfort, my body is currently taking care of itself and everything is perfect, then that same law says yes. And I have the tendency towards perfect health. Now, I have no idea, back when I was dealing with the issues with my complexion, if my face would have fallen off if I weren't doing the prayer. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I would have wound up in the emergency room. There's some balance point that happened in there. And I needed a boost from Western medicine, and then it was all taken care of. Is it possible that a different supplement or a different thing might have helped? Maybe. Maybe. Don't know. 
in December, well, a couple of years, I think it's around 2012, my husband had a heart attack. And of course, you don't forget that experience. Since December of 2021, he was having severe chest pains and four o'clock in the morning, we're on our way, called the ambulance and we're on our way. And they were so good, you know, with me. They said, stay right behind us and we'll get you through every red light, but we'll be okay. I'm saying, okay. And maybe a mile down the road, they pulled into the Wawa parking lot. And I'm thinking, why the heck is the ambulance pulling into the Wawa? And that can't be good. That can't be good. (laughs) And then here's (laughs) two other cars that, you know, that had flashing lights. They screeched into the parking lot. And I thought, ain't nothing bad happening here. And I just talked to spirit the way I do. First of all, you can't leave me here with these dudes. Okay. (laughs) This This is not happening. I don't know what's happening over there in that ambulatory car, but nothing is happening to my husband. There's a problem that they can fix on the spot. And they came over to the car and told me to be calm. I said, I'm calm. I just want to know what you're doing. And they told me that what he needed, they didn't have in the ambulance and they had to send for it and he needed it before they got to the hospital. I said, fine, the medication's here, let's go. I never once believed that he was leaving, never. And when we got there, Mm -hmm. the hospital, they kept saying, are you okay? I said, I'm fine, just do what you gotta do with him. Okay, I'm good, (laughs) I'm out here, I'm talking to spirit because we have a conversation going on. It has to do with his health, And me being here in this life without him, that ain't happening right now. So I kind of felt like I had two things going on. One, the proper care was there because I believed it would be there. And two, in my belief, life needed to be a certain way. And this situation here is out of place. It's out of place. One day we're going to leave, but not today. Yep. And you can tell. You can tell. I don't know what you can tell. I just know what I believe. You know, my father had colon cancer. At that moment, I was in a terrible life situation. My father's my best friend. And they said he wasn't going to make it. I wasn't hearing that. No tears, nothing. God, you can't take my friend away from me. Not right now, because I'm in a mess. And he got, he, (laughs) you know, I mean, he came through the surgery. He gained weight. They told him he'd never gain weight again. And he lived like 29 years after that. You know, that's what okay. I believe. Yeah. And there have been yeah. other situations, but there's no crack in the belief. I guess maybe I'm wondering if that has to do with it. And you can't make somebody believe like that, I don't think. Oh, yeah. The belief is something that is unique to us. And even when we say we believe something, it's not whether we say we believe it or we want to believe it. It's whether we actually believe it, because that's what the law is acting on. Louise Hay wrote this wonderful book, the classic, You Can Heal Your Life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's in that book is the list. And she actually refers to it as the list. And it's a three column list of symptoms and the metaphysical cause for the symptoms and the affirmation that addresses the underlying wrong, false belief about the condition. And it's interesting. You can look up acne or you can look up colitis or you can look up athlete's foot in the first column and then see that uh, knee pain has to do with the fear of stepping forward in life, or that back pain is a feeling of not being supported, or the eyes about having a lack of clarity about what's going on in our future. And once you 
play with those for a little while, you get to understand that the metaphors are usually pretty clear. The metaphysics of this is not opaque or hidden in any way. What I noticed, I first got a copy of that book probably in the 80s, maybe the early 90s. And I would continually read the first column to find out what the problem was and the second column to see what the underlying belief was. And I would skip over the third column. But it turns out the third column is really the important one because that's the one that has, that's where the healing is. Mm -hmm. And so many of it, I step forward joyously in life. And they're usually pretty short. You know, I am fully supported in all of the activities that I am involved in. And they're really powerful. And when we take those and make them the nugget, the kernel that's inside of a practical prayer, there's tremendous power because we're bringing that infinite creative power that creates everything to that affirmation and letting loose everything else, everything that's not like that. There is no need for foot pain when I can step joyously into life. And with that on top of what's available from Western medicine and from Eastern medicine, you know, see an acupuncturist, get Chinese herbs, do Ayurvedic treatments. There are so many different things that can work. And even beyond the physical modalities, there's energy work, there's Reiki, there's pranic healing. There's so many different ways that we can fine tune the experience of life that we're having. The change is at hand. Mm -hmm. And it's about the guidance as to which one's going to work for me right now. And it might be the prayer, it might be the homeopath, and it might be this really expensive antibiotic. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes now, if I knew then what I know now, for example, I had bilateral knee replacement. And I wish I knew a long time ago. <laughs> maybe I would have been able to avoid some things based on belief. Now, maybe not, maybe not. But I'm not convinced that everything you experience cannot be addressed spiritually to at least some degree. You know, I completely agree with know. that. I completely agree. I know we're going out of here at some point. I mean, my mother is 95 years old. She takes nothing except for she has dementia, but that's absolutely all. Nothing else. She walks a mile. If you, she'll say, Well, are we done? She's just, you know, she. <laughs> and I remember her whole life. I think she got a cold. I never, ever remember her being not well. And she would always say, I'm just perfectly fine. I don't take any medicine at all. She says the same thing now, except for this mm -hmm. dementia. No high blood pressure, none of the crap that people have. But she's always spoke extremely faith, strong faithfully about perfect health. Mm -hmm. And every time I see her, I'm thinking, she's not going to get sick. She's just going to go to sleep, no. you know, and just that's it. But I don't see that in a lot of people, you know, and because it's right there, has always been in my face all my life with her. Maybe that's why I believe so strongly in it. It's a gift for you. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we will do a prayer for healing and guidance in understanding what's ours to do. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. 
Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. Conversation has been amazing. It has. This has been wonderful. Healing is the revealing of the truth. And the truth is that we are perfect, whole, and complete. And sometimes something gets out of whack. And it is our job to participate in whatever way is appropriate in re-whacking it. (laughs) (laughs) If that's a word. You know, I said a lot of stuff, right, about natural healing and all of that. And I do want to acknowledge the gift that the medical profession is to the human race. I really do, because they are phenomenal. They do phenomenal things. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you already said that, because here's the ambulance that has your husband, and they got another car coming over because they don't have the right stuff. So it's nice that there's an ambulance attending to an ambulance. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) so and you know that can come together in a way and you know he's healthy has recuperated from that and he's back to healthy and that's what the prayer is about today the prayer today is about healing which is the revealing of the truth that perfection that our physical temple our body temple is and as we are dealing with a challenge or a circumstance or an illness or a situation or an injury to be in that exquisite balance point of allowing and supporting and encouraging our body to heal itself and the guidance to know which steps, which activities, which endeavors are ours to do. And the guidance can be which doctor to go talk to, which medications to take. It can be what are the right foods, the proper foods, the appropriate foods and supplements and nutrients for me to be taking into my body. Are there activities or processes that I should be involved in? Is it possible that sitting on the couch 23 and a half hours a day is not serving me and what I really want to do is get up and take a walk, as unappealing as that might feel? So there's a dance that we're doing. And by the way, there are people who spend their entire life running, 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 running. They get up in the morning, they go for a run. They get up in lunchtime, they go for a run. After work, they go for a run. And then they wind up getting their hips replaced because that was more running than was helpful for them. And I have friends who have been through that. So it's not that there's anything necessarily good or bad about the activities. There is always that guidance available as to exactly what is appropriate for me and for my body and for this particular stage and phase of life that I'm in right now. Because there's stuff that I could eat when I was 25 that I can't eat now. There's stuff that I was eating when I was 25 that's a good thing I stopped. It wasn't good for me then. It would be really bad for me now. So let's let that be the prayer. Let's turn our attention away from whatever the circumstance or situation in our own physical bodies happen to be. Perhaps bring the awareness of whatever that area is where we're inviting change, wherever the adjustment, the difference in feeling or experience or function or form would bring more 
peace and harmony and uplift into our lives. Just be aware of that circumstance, that situation, that condition. Not to give energy to it, but simply to identify that as we now turn our attention from that to the experience that we're choosing instead. If there's an area that has been in pain or discomfort, we turn our attention to the resolution, to the comfort, to the healing, to the harmony, to the balance, to the well-being of that particular part of our body. If there's been something that has been uncomfortable or something that has been bothering us, instead of focusing on that, we turn our attention to the experience that we choose instead. Once that experience has resolved, how do we feel? What does that feel like? What is that new experience, that different experience, that transformation that we're inviting? And settling into that awareness, we turn our attention to the knowledge that there is one. There is one creative power, one divine source, one infinite love that shares itself through and as and in all of its creation. Everything is God's love expressed in its own specific and particular way. That everything includes me, that everything includes each one who is within the sound of my voice. So I know that each of us is guided with clarity and insight and wisdom to exactly the perfect steps to take. What is mine to do? And that awareness is revealed gently and persistently for each of us in a way that makes sense to us and gives us complete clarity on the next perfect steps. And I know that each one listening is taking that next perfect step, following the guidance, partnering with that infinite creative power that creates everything, doing our part to allow our bodies to come back into that feeling, that experience of health and wholeness and vitality. This is the healing. The healing is the revealing of the truth. It is the partnership with the infinite where we are good stewards of our physical being. And we are co-creating that next new experience of health and harmony and vitality. And that infinite creative power that creates everything is creating this newness, this wholeness, this experience of balance and harmony for each of us. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the good. I'm grateful for the stories that come about. I'm grateful for the long distant memories of something that used to be painful or uncomfortable or difficult or challenging that have receded so far into the background that we have to remind ourselves what the difficulty was, like looking up a memory in a scrapbook. This transformation is underway now, and I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the healing. I'm grateful for the comfort. I'm grateful for the stories. And I'm grateful for the willingness of each one listening to participate in this grand process. And so with gratitude for all of this goodness, I speak this word, I release it into the creative law that always says yes. And I know without any question whatsoever that that law is now once again saying yes. And so I let it be. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org.